Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossat, managing editor of Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com, FightfulMMA.com. It is January 23rd, 2018. We have the post-Smackdown show. A little programming note. This past weekend, I did an alternate commentary with uh, those Fightful viewers will know as Nikita Krylov fan. We covered the Royal Rumble match 1995 that is over at FightfulPods.com. This weekend, I will also be releasing a bit of a package of all of our Royal Rumble coverage from like retro podcast features, news articles, uh, stat pieces, all kinds of cool stuff we did. I think we covered Royal Rumble related things better than anybody else on online. So definitely check that out. This Saturday, post NXT TakeOver live show after that, I'll talk a little bit about New Japan, uh, Sapporo night one, at least the big matches. Then Sunday night, of course, the post-Royal Rumble show. Make sure you all join us. And both nights, join our live coverage and discussion. I'm going to have those opened up a little bit early. That way you all can join in, leave your predictions, talk some trash, all that good stuff. Of course, visit Fightful.com. Register absolutely free. Get our forums, photos, videos, all that good stuff. Tons of stuff at Fightful.com. Also, uh, make sure you subscribe to us. Like, thumbs up. Click that little notification bell tonight i am joined by one jeffrey hawkins jeff what's up i am excited because i am going to philadelphia on friday are you yeah i'm going for you nxt told me this at least six times and i'm always as surprised but let me tell I you something <laughs> philadelphia being jazzed for the super bowl as well this city's gonna Ooh. be hot this weekend it is going to be jumping and i am excited about that it's just a shame you haven't had anything to do today. It's just been so low key for you. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. We are also joined by a little under the weather, Anna Bauer. But you're a gamer. You're here. You're doing it. Mm-hmm. I'm. I'm here in physically, in spirit, not so much. But we'll try. Of course, we have the Royal Rumble coming up this Sunday. Uh, as we get through the storylines here, we will give you predictions. Also, I have my associate editor, Brian Rose, who's going to hit me up with whatever 205 Live info emerges as it's on the air, uh, assuming we are on the air. Uh, Let's address, it's not an elephant in the room. This elephant has already trampled all over the room and then dropped a big duke on it. The Enzo Amore situation, I've talked to everybody involved that I could. Enzo Amore released a statement today through via his attorney denying all of this uh, the accuser, Enzo Amore, again, accused of rape. The accuser has spoken to Fightful.com and uh, a little bit of everybody else. That's all up at Fightful.com. I've done news videos on that as well. You can go there to get the primer. I don't have time to go through all that today. Uh, this afternoon, a friend of hers released a video uh, claiming to have revealed text messages, possibly exonerating Enzo Amore. I spoke to him, got a statement from him. That's up at Fightful.com on the leading story now as well. Jeff, your initial reaction when you heard this news? It's There's a phrase that I was told once. It's always better if you tell me you did something 
rather than I find out. Um, <laughs> and that's the way I view this. I, I have opinions on whether or not Enzo should have gone to HR or not. I see the logic in him not doing it. I just think he's never coming back to the WWE because he didn't go to HR again, because there's no reason for them to bring him back because he has now shown that he will not quote unquote, protect the company. Yeah. That was a thing that I dropped on Twitter today. Uh, I, I got all this news. Like it was coming in really, really early this morning. And obviously last night was a late night for us at fightful.com with all the raw 25 stuff. And the first thing I was told was Enzo was at raw and uh, a lot of people were keeping their distance from him, and he hadn't told WWE before this happened. Uh, I'm pretty sure that one of the stories we published may have been the first WWE really, really heard of it, because I sent it to uh, WWE PR. I said, hey, I need a statement on this. And the, the first statement I get is, Enzo Amore is suspended. And that was at about 5 p.m. Eastern, so these people are already at Raw. He's He's probably already there. I can't say that he was there at that point. But uh, by the time Raw started, of course, they had suspended him. Anna, any thoughts on that, on him not letting WWE know that there was a pending investigation going on? Because this police report was filed in October. Yeah, um, he probably should have said something. This is just a situation that I don't want to comment on it because we don't know. Um, there's no, there's literally no information indicating one way or another. I can just, it's, as I said to you all off the air, it's messy. It's the messiest thing I've ever covered without a doubt. And uh, I can't count the number of people I've had quoting and stuff. And, you know, I, I've got to stay impartial completely because this is, it's my livelihood. And when I see people that are hopping on there and they say, well, because she does this, because she sells her nudes, she's innocent. Or because Enzo hangs out with these people, he did it. No, you don't know. You don't know. You can do questionable things on YouTube or in your personal life or hang out with weird, different people. That doesn't mean you either didn't get raped or that you raped somebody. It is not for any Enzo Amore fan or Enzo Amore detractor to decide whether or not he did this or not or whether this woman was victimized or not. That is uh, ultimately for police and courts to decide. And people keep asking me, they're like, oh, do you think he did it? And I said, well, honestly, I hope not. I hope that's the case, not because I want this woman a liar, but because I want someone to not be raped in this situation. That's ultimately what it boils down to someone lying about it is far less tragic than someone getting raped so it's just it's sucky and nasty and messy and there are no winners in this at all and uh we'll keep covering as at as best we can i appreciate uh all the kind words but it's it's one of those things that it should always be handled like that and we should always get every side of this stuff and enzo's not going to say anything and the other two accused aren't going to say anything because I've reached out to them and they haven't replied. So, You saw Enzo's lawyer's statement, correct? Yes, it is on the article, Fightful.com. Okay. So there we go. That's that's that. Uh, got sent the same video about 84 times this evening. Thanks for that, guys. But I uh, got that. Head over to Fightful.com. Uh, we'll talk more about this on the list and your boys. On the list and your boy, uh, Wednesday, but uh, for now, we'll move on. Of course, we will talk about what happens on 205 Live as it happens. Smackdown Live. First off, I want to get, Anna, your thoughts on Raw 25 last night as a whole. What would you think? I enjoyed it, but the more I speak to my friends who are not frequent Raw watchers, like they grew up with it and then they will watch for the big events. They all tuned in to watch this and all of them were like, yeah, I'm not watching it again. And it made me feel like, okay, because we cover this every single week, possibly Stockholm Syndrome has kicked in and I'm not actually seeing things for what they are. But because we are subjected to somewhat storylines week in, week out, I really liked what they did. And I appreciated the fact that they went all out for it and they put in a lot of effort to get this thing done, which kind of feels like they don't every week um yeah 
They timed it out very poorly. That was my one of my big takeaways is how badly they timed out everything, and really the Manhattan Center paid for it because they got a, yeah. a rushed Bray Wyatt and Woken Matt Hardy match that has been built for a month, and they got they got a rushed match for the revival that may have calmed a lot of the issues that people had with it. Had they had like this competitive match with the club and then got beaten up by like eight people, maybe it wouldn't be so bad. Uh, I thought that opening segment though was just picture perfect. It was what I wanted out of a nostalgia segment. Uh, Jeff, any thoughts? I am the one person on this panel that actually saw the first raw live at the time. And uh, (laughs) it was not as well received as people like to think. Um, I didn't enjoy it overall because I, I take the opposite tact of Anna here. I didn't think it was done with care or concern or planning or anything of that. I think they threw a lot of people into a lot of segments just to get as many cameos as they could. And they threw people out there at the time. I liked the opening stone cold segment. Um, and I liked the Ms. Roman reigns match. I thought those were the two only two good things about this. And I think when it comes to nostalgia, they still rely too much on spiking the football about the Attitude Era. And Raw was not about the Attitude Era and for the first four years of Raw, for the most part. So, it, it, you know, it, and, you know, kind of Raw, conveniently. Raw used to be much different. I, I first really started to watch it towards the end of 95. And, like, we were getting Marty Jannetty versus Sid main events. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really picked up. I mean... I was in internet relay chats during this time and also on Prodigy, as I recall, because I was kind of a <laughs> you know nerd in college. Uh, but nevertheless, it was one of those things where, you know, you'd occasionally get that one match where you go, whoa, okay, you know, because, I mean, mm-hmm. Waltman at the time, as Lightning Kid, he had, he had heat coming off of GWF as being a really great performer. And that first upset win over Razor Ramon, I think, is what kind of changed the paradigm of Raw. In many ways, in terms of, ooh, now we get stuff that's consequential on this show as opposed to just filler. I mean, the main event for the first show was Damian Demento versus The Undertaker. Yep. Whoopty crap. You know? <laughs> what a storied history. Uh, of course, we had our Raw 25 coverage last night as well. SmackDown Live tonight, we had an opening segment with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, uh, you know, healing the crowd. AJ Styles interrupts, and Sami Zayn makes fun of him for being predictable. And with the way that they have written AJ Styles' promos lately, he sure as hell has been predictable. And these have been some of the most dog shit written promos I have ever seen. Uh, They are making uh, Naomi look like she starred in Schindler's List in comparison to some of the stuff they're writing for AJ Styles. It's so bad, Jeff. Naomi Naomi is Daniel Day-Lewis compared to AJ Styles in these written promos. They're so bad. They're so bad. (laughs) They're terrible. Cammy! Okay, we get it. Yeah, no, Cammy is terrible. Cammy Cammy is... unforgivable at this point it, it's it's biscuit butt on this show they need to get exactly. rid of that immediately that's the thing that bothers me is we sorry go ahead Sami Zayn was fantastic all night long all yeah. effing night long <laughs> i don't want to get to monetize this early no but i mean he his, his just everything about that first segment everything about the last segment just i i could not I could not contain my happiness of how great he was on this show tonight. And I'm not a happy guy. He was outstanding, but AJ, (laughs) the reason this bothers me so much is because we've seen that AJ can cut a promo by himself and do really well. He doesn't need this. Um, Zane and Owens were really funny throwing the video footage, which I usually hate because it's so lame, but they made it their own. I thought about you when they did that. I'm like, oh, come on, Sean. You have to think this is creative. What are they actually I do. I thought thought it was awesome. I thought it was their way of doing it, or their own way of doing it that made it okay, and then making fun of it. And it was a video of AJ saying he'd face Owens and Zayn individually. Daniel Bryan comes out to presumably make the match official, but AJ accepts it anyway. Backstage, Daniel Bryan tells Shane McMahon that he wasn't actually going to sanction the match, and Shane takes a little jab at him. 
Anna, what did you think of the opening segment and more so the behind or the backstage stuff where Shane and Daniel Bryan went back and forth a little bit? You just made me realize that when they called for the footage, it reminds me of Wayne and Garth when they're about to go on the road trip and they have like the whole thing of like Shirley and Laverne and in the factory and everything. They're just a saltier version of Wayne's world, which is probably why I love them so much. Um, the opening segment was fine. At least it wasn't Shane and Daniel Bryan in the ring. Um, it's just, it's a case of less is more at this point. We get it. And with the AJ stuff and the Cammy stuff, there were two points during the show where I wrote down, okay, I'm reviewing a kid's show. This sucks. Um, it's just, you can understand why so many of you know people who used to love this show don't want to watch it anymore because they have dumbed it down so much in in those terms and it kind of just made me realize um really want shane sorry i'm so out of it right now um aj to team up with ko and sammy and just take on shane because that is the problem in this situation it's just shane's vendetta and that is the problem with smackdown at the moment is that is the overriding story for two hours every single week you know there are mini feuds on the side, but writing wise, they aren't really being taken care of in, we just get this. Um, and tonight there was at least a payoff, but it's, no, I don't, I don't care. I don't care why they keep cutting to Daniel Bryan and Shane watching a TV. They were doing nothing. They weren't even reacting. They cut to them three times during that entire last segment. Anyway, we'll get to that. More complaining to come. Damn, Jeff. Any other uh, <laughs> Jeff? Any other impressions of that you gotta, segment? You don't make me follow that. No, no. <laughs> I was gonna move on. I was setting yeah, you up so I didn't have to. <laughs> I didn't even know what I just said. I'm so out of it. How anyway. do I transition into Chad Gable defeated Jey Uso? Because that's what happened next. And really, the majority of this was during the break, which is a bummer because I was really excited to see this match. In the early minutes, Gable dominates with amateur wrestling. Uso stops it for a while, but gets posted during the break. He fights one-armed, he being uh, Uso, and at, there's a nice little spot where he teases a dive, then Gable tries a moonsault, but then finally Uso connects with it with a dive. But then Gable hits a rolling kick in the deadlift German suplex for a win. I thought this was good for the brief amount of time it lasted. Uh, Anna, how much of this match did you actually get? Uh, we didn't get the ads, obviously. Um, I really like this match. There are a couple, there are a lot of, dive attempts and and you know it worked a few points made me go why don't they just step out of the ring and then just punch him in the face it's a lot less risk um but gable is so incredible it it makes me forgive him for that gimmick at the moment he's he's incredible he landed on his feet after a failed moonsault attempt um the only other thing they mentioned on commentary that Gable and Benjamin made it their thing to make the Usos' lives a living hell. And just because they just had the Universal ad with Naomi and Jimmy, I just pictured them turning up at Universal, just like <laughs> following them the entire trip. Teasing them with their fast passes. Oh, man. Ah, you've got to wait in line. <laughs> <laughs> Dicks. Um, little information, by the way, guys. From 205 Live, it was announced that there will be a 205, 205 Live general manager and that Enzo Amore has, quote, abdicated the cruiserweight title, end quote. For you plebs, that means he renounced the championships. Uh, so it'll all be addressed next week. Whoop-de-doo, Basil. What does it all mean? We'll find out then. So no, what do we get no cruiserweights at all on the Royal Rumble show? Cruiserweight Royal Rumble, first of all time, history making. I can't wait. I can't wait. Who would be to the cruiserweight division what Stephanie McMahon is to the women's division? Like, who would they, like, give credit, like, for introducing wrestlers who are under 205 pounds? They've all left. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) And we'll talk. James Ellsworth. He should be. Represent. Oh, nice. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about the, this cruiserweight division thing because why not? 
I have a lot of people that are like, oh man, they're doomed to 205 Live. If 205 Live had all the people that WWE wanted to be on 205 Live, there'd probably be a, a way different perception of it. They wanted Neville, Austin Aries, uh, and Enzo Amore on that show, and they would have loved to have had all three of them at the same time. Rich Swan is more of a supporting character, but he's not there right now. Uh, you, you got at least two guys hurt at all times on that show. But they had them. Good. They had them. They had them for a few months stint, and they didn't do it right. They, I thought they did the Enzo stuff very well. They put him in the main Enzo, event. Of yeah, Raw. Neville and Austin and, Aries. Well, yeah. Austin Aries. those guys delivered every single time, and they were shoved aside when it came to any you know main roster stuff. Well, sometimes yeah, the fa- they were. No, the failure of Two Hundred Five Live was they presented it as a raw light type of show with with characters oh, and stuff, where, whereas the CWC. You know, the heat from that was it was a sports like tournament type of thing. And then when they finally built up programs, they do things like put Neville and Aries on the WrestleMania pre-show. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, they're conflicting stories about whether Aries wanted out or if he was released. But I mean, they, they wanted those guys. And if you had a Neville and an Aries and an Enzo. And some of the other guys that they have right now, they could have done something with it, but they have to they have to take the chains off. And I don't know if they're willing mm-hmm. to do that. I don't know if yeah. they're willing to do that. I want to go back and talk about that that Chad Gable match because I haven't sure. had a chance to comment on it. I liked it a lot more than both of you. I loved this match so much. Oh, this think- is well, you liked it. I loved it. I I, I am having oh, children with wow. it later, you know, kind of thing. Um, I it was it, it played into. I mean, it's one of two things that played into my old school sensibilities so much. The the wrestler who was using his grappling and also working on a body part type thing, as opposed to the very well choreographed dive, 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 dive of the usual wwe match i gable i thought was fantastic in this match he was working as the the smaller how a smaller bully should that say that that one segment where he tries to uh irish whip the oso into the corner and the oso slides and then he slides right after him into the ankle lock i jumped out of my seat and i cheered i loved that i loved that he pinned a guy with a simple move as opposed to a quote-unquote finisher I think that is a great type of thing that they don't do enough in the WWE. Whereas all the drama is about when does a guy kick out of a finisher? Whereas in this case, a guy who can suplex you to death pins you with a suplex. I thought this was fantastic. It was funny. I was told one time that Vince McMahon will just make a decree randomly. No more kicking out of finishers. Like I'm not saying that's happened recently, but he will do that from time to time. I'm tired of this. No more kicking out of finishers, things like that. Uh, by the way, guys, we have Court Bauer on the list in your boy tomorrow afternoon talking about the Royal Rumble from a writer's aspect and what goes into that. That full interview will be out this week as well. This backstage promo with Nakamura and Corbin, for what it was, I thought it was fair. You know, Shinsuke Nakamura just saying, need a face over and over again, essentially, and Baron Corbin cutting typically the same Baron Corbin promo that he usually does. I can't remember if he re-asked the question, but that's the only thing missing. I didn't think it was that bad, but it was a SmackDown promo. Anna? I like Shinsuke's promo. And then Corbin had to interrupt. The only thing Mm. with Corbin was, like, I don't think he's really been around that much recently to have hate with the audience. So for him to pick on us, it's kind of like, okay, you're holding on to that now. Just let it go, dude. Seems like he hasn't been on the show forever. Yeah. It would have served Nakamura better if Corbin hadn't been involved. I I realized they yeah. wanted to I realized they wanted to get set up the match for later that night, but how badass would it have been if all Nakamura says is knee to the face, knee to the face, knee to the face. Yeah. Stare, stares at Renee for a second for that too long, uncomfortable pause and just walks off. That's what I wanted. And I came and we got it, we got close to it. This was the first televised match for Baron Corbin this year. Hot dog. I liked this Naomi Liv Morgan match for what it was. I love the kick dodge spot. That was so cool. Like uh, Liv, has, you know, she adopted long ago the, the Matrix move that Trish did. Jeff, do you think we see some sort of double Matrix situation at the Royal Rumble? 
Sure. I, I have no problem with that. My my takeaway from this match is I still don't think Naomi kicked out in time. Well, we'll talk we'll talk about that. In a <laughs> my only qualm with Naomi's kicks, probably the same reason I hate her speedball kicks. She doesn't turn her hip when she does them. Uh, Jeff, so this spot where Naomi didn't kick out, walk us through that. Um, roll up, shoulders are down. One, two. She's kicking, she's kicking, but the shoulders are still down. Yes, they are. And uh, Danilo decided to, uh, well, let's keep, uh, let's keep it going. It's, it's one of the the two things that made me howl. The the, the other one was, I think, on the first uh, rope break in the in the uh, in the corner. He comes over and he kind of pats Liv on the tummy, and she just is having none of that as a break, which. Uh, was funny to me, but this is Liv's best uh, match since getting called up, I think. Her best showing, at least. I would love to see a much longer match between these two because I thought that what they had outside of that spot was was really good. Liv hit a nice clothesline, and Naomi won with a slingshot sunset flip that I thought also looked really good. Anna, uh, what did you think of the match? I love this match, and I love what Liv is showing. The character there, she's like this crazed little girl. She's more Harley Quinn than Alexa Bliss's. And she pulls it off so well. She sold her ass off. It was it was actually an enjoyable SmackDown women's match. And then the rest of them had to come out for absolutely no reason whatsoever except to explain to the audience what a Royal Rumble match looks like because we haven't seen it for how many years. Oh, but it's women. So obviously we don't we can't actually correlate what we've seen with the men with the women. So that's why they did it. You destroyed something really awesome. Anyway, so I was game. really, really liking this match, and then it kind of ended abruptly, and that's been happening a lot lately. On the last two yeah. nights, especially, there have been more more situations like on both Raw and SmackDown where there have been weird commercial breaks and bad timing issues. Like I've seen more over the last like five or six months than I remember seeing in the last five or six years combined. Like. Just people having to kill time or them having to clearly cut time from matches or weird commercial breaks and stuff like that. Kind of odd. After this, the Riot Squad and the Welcoming Committee get involved, as does Becky Lynch. It ends with Lynch tossing Naomi over the top rope and giving the old, hey, hey, every woman for themselves. Charlotte comes out in her leather jacket and she is thrilled. I don't see why they don't just put Charlotte and Alexa Bliss in this Royal Rumble match because if you can challenge for a championship, why not challenge for each other's championship? Tease that possibility. Why not? You need to fill them out. But Anna, who do you have winning this Royal Rumble match? I haven't even thought about it. I mean, Oscar, but I feel like they're going to swerve us with that somehow. So I don't think they're ready to put her up for the title yet. Jeff. Ronda Rousey, if she's in it. Stephanie McMahon, possibly. But really? uh, I don't think they would do that. I you know what, but but my overall prediction, if you if I had to put money on it, because I was originally thinking Becky Lynch had a shot here, and then they did that whole thing tonight, and I thought that ruined it. Cause I think they're going SmackDown because they can always change Raw with the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view in some way. Nikki Bella? No, I don't think so. My God, my God. I'm thinking they all, here's, my, here's, here's my logic for it. They always have one match in there for the total divas, reality TV types. And I could see that being a story and I could see it, you know, her comeback, her coming back for the rumble, her challenging. I think the Charlotte side, cause I think Charlotte this year is getting a one-on-one match. I think she's yeah. earned it. She's been in these multi-women clusters. And I was originally thinking Becky Lynch. And I was sort of thinking Rousey if they pulled the trigger on her, but I don't know if they're going to or not, but they might still. But if they don't, I think it's going to be Nikki Bella. I think that if you wanted to do a match that made sense for them on Total Divas, would be a debuting iconic duo. I think that they... And based on what we've seen in the NXT women's title picture, why the hell didn't they bring up the iconic duo instead of the Riot Squad? There was, There's no reason, based on how booking has unfolded, that Ruby Riot shouldn't have turned heel and stayed in NXT 
Liv Morgan shouldn't be down there, although I did like her performance tonight, and that Sarah Logan couldn't be down there with her fiancé, mind you, as opposed to on the road away from him all the time, uh, instead of the iconic duo who are ready. Mm-hmm. Shame. And maybe I'll have to go this entire weekend without seeing the iconic duo on TV. What? They better be in the Rumble. They better be in the Rumble. I think they're in it. I hope they are. They are main roster ready. I will say this. I used to say that my my catch wrestling coach had the best fisherman suplex I've ever seen. Peyton Royce's is up there. My <laughs> God, it is one of the most beautiful fisherman suplexes I have ever seen in my entire life. Hot dog. Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin against the Usos. Jeff, who you have in this one at the Rumble? I think the titles change. I think Gable and uh, Benjamin get a short run here and go against the New Day eventually. Do you think that has anything to do with the DWI? Yes, that's exactly the reason. Hmm. Anna, how about you? Yeah, I was going to go with Gable and Benjamin. I didn't even think about the DWI, though. And and I noticed they've kind of dropped the referee question out of it. So they're not good. They may just well, do it. Gable ahead. hasn't. Have you seen his Twitter? That's no, I haven't. he talks about. My God. Okay, well, maybe I'm wrong on that then. Up next, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Baron Corbin. There's a lot of stalling in the opening moments of this to lead to Corbin gaining the advantage over Nakamura going into the break. When we come back, it really picks up. Corbin hits a great counter into a deep six. Nor uh, Nakamura gets a triangle arm bar into a big kick. And out of nowhere, Randy Orton runs in with a great RKO. Thought this was the best possible use of Randy Orton that you could have had on this show. Much like Roman Reigns with the mic, if you have Randy Orton out there doing anything for too long, whether it's talking, wrestling, existing, the crowd's just going to be kind of like, whatever. So you have him run out, hit a couple of RKOs, do his thing. I mean, I didn't realize how much the RKO out of nowhere meme got over until like women that I taught kickboxing in my kickboxing class would jokingly do it to one another. I'm like, oh, this is transcended like what I do. Okay, cool. So they're running with it still. Anna, um, your thoughts on the match and the Randy Orton cameo? Did it float your boat? To be honest, I didn't think too much of the match. I don't know if we missed a bunch because of commercials or what. Um, there was that one running close. Yeah, there was one running clothesline from Corbin, which Nakamura sold the hell out of. Which made me question the believability of him kicking out of that because it was so beautiful. Um, of course he did. It's just this RKO, like, yeah, it was cool. It looked awesome. It's the issue I've had with Nakamura and Orton for weeks now. Orton did this to him initially, and then they tagged up and everything was cool and it was questionable and kind of made Nakamura look like an idiot a little bit. And then this happens. And it's like, well, okay, obviously Orton's the same Orton and they're going into Royal Rumble, every man for himself, etc. You now cannot team them up again because that really makes Nakamura look. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Like an idiot. Nakamura's got to smack him down a little bit. Yeah. Got to slap Orton around a little bit at this point. Um, But yeah, aside from that, it was just in line with a lot of what happened on the show tonight. It's pretty redundant. Because, you know, it's all setting up for the Royal Rumble of, oh, watch out, anything can happen. And no results were actually had, pretty much. Jeff, your thoughts? I got to follow that. Um, Again. Yeah. No, Mike is on fire. Yeah, my criticisms are the same as Anna's, actually, especially given the Becky Lynch segment and the Oscar segment on Raw. I'm, I'm a little tired of the good guys have to turn on good guys just to show it's it's anything can happen in the Rumble. I will say though the camera work on the RKO out of nowhere was fantastic. They've been the very way good that about that framed like, the way they framed that shot with Nakamura in the corner and it looked like it was almost a little bit too much to the side was perfect for Orton to run in there. That that was um that was really well done. 
I think they've done really great with that for probably about the last year or so. Up next, we had New Day and Bobby Roode with Big E defeating Jinder Mahal and Rusev Day. Uh, one of the Singh brothers tore his ACL last week. Mm. Terrible. Sad. Unfortunate. Was the other one out here tonight? Mm-hmm. Okay, I wasn't sure. I thought I overlooked that. New Day entered the Royal Rumble. They introduced Bobby Roode. Pancakes are thrown around. This was move after move after move after move. And if it's your type of thing, it's your type of thing. If not, it's not. Jeff, was it your type of thing? It was not. And uh, New Day dancing to Rude's music, not as fun as New Day dancing to Seth Rollins' music. (laughs) Anna? This was the second point in the night where I wrote, I feel like I'm reviewing kids' TV. Um, I love... Biggie's reaction to the guy actually rejecting the pancake assault because um, he was genuinely taken aback that someone would not want to do that. Um, but New Day, just they're, they're too much for me right now. It's it's too much kids' pantomime. Um, yeah, that's rude. I really appreciate that they actually gave him a little stool, a revolving stool for him to come out for the entrance. And that belt looks fantastic on him. The only other real note I had, I mean, aside from Kofi's awesome, like so casual hands behind the head, launch himself over into Rusev and Jinder. Yeah. Um, but Aiden English facing off against Bobby Roode was kind of like watching a before and after tan ad, which was amusing. Did he have uh, new gear, Bobby Roode, or has he worn that before? I don't think he has. What was it he wearing? Definitely stood out. The white trunks. Yeah, yeah, the white unless trunks. It was for, unless it was for a takeover for a championship match, I don't think he's ever worn those. No, yeah, I don't think he hasn't worn them on main roster at least. So this Royal Rumble match, Rusev Day is still incredibly over. By the way, Xavier wins with the elbow drop. This match just was what it was. It was spinebuster. Move, 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 move. That's what it was always going to be. Jeff, who's your pick for the men's Royal Rumble match? Oh, this is so tough. Um, I really want Shinsuke Nakamura to win this. I think it would be a big moment in Philly. I just don't see Vince McMahon having the faith in Shinsuke Nakamura to carry part of a main event on WrestleMania. I don't. So I went conventional. I think John Cena wins. And faces who? Uh, AJ? To break the record. Oof, man. At WrestleMania. That's a WrestleMania moment. Sure is. And his schedule is picking up after Mania. WWE schedule. Could be Dolph. He hasn't been seen since. <laughs> Anna, your your selection for the men's or Royal Rumble winner. I kind of feel it's redundant to think out of the box with this stuff. Um, especially when it comes to men's Royal Rumble because track record means it's going to be someone like John Cena or Roman Reigns. I hope they're not going to be as naive as to give it to Reigns again, but given they just took the title off him. Yeah. My my thing is, I th- I think they do the number one contender against Brock at the Elimination Chamber in February. That's the only reason I didn't pick Roman here. Man, Either way, is, it all leads back to Roman Reigns. So. This is the, how it happens every Royal Rumble. It's like, <laughs> do they want to do something that's new and fresh, or do they want to do what they consider safe, safe if it, even safe. though even though it isn't necessarily safe all the time? This is the match to think outside the box. Like you have 30 men in a ring tipping each other over the top to get to this one thing. Like this is where logic can kind of go out the window. Storyline can go go out the window and you can create something new to move forward. Even if it's momentarily, you're going to push this one person. Like this is a time to do it and to get all the casual fans on side as to look, anything can happen. Come and watch the show. 
And the but the bias the bias of late has been towards SmackDown because on Raw they have the extra hour and they seem to do the extra care in the storytelling in terms of incremental things. Whereas on SmackDown, if that guy wins the Rumble, it's straight ahead from there and there's no change to it. So that's why I lean towards. I mean, God God help us if we get another Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt type of fiasco. But I'm leaning towards someone on SmackDown, and that was my choice. As long as we get the projector screen, then, you know, or half as far as. Yeah, sure. <laughs> My God. So I, th- I think it's going to be Roman Reigns. I think that's why they take the, the title off of him. Oh, boy. How's that going to go over in Philly? <laughs> uh, not well. If, if the last time was any indication, I think they're going to say, oh, Philadelphia expressing opinion. Oh, the first of all these WWE fans love, you know, but I think where they tease Roman winning and someone popular throws him out like a Nakamura. They did that last year. Yeah. Well, it works. Yeah, they didn't do it again. <laughs> two two uh, matches remain technically. AJ Styles defeated Kevin Owens uh, early in the match or right before the match. Shane McMahon comes out and makes... Sami Zayn go to the back, says that if KO or Zayn interfere in one another's matches, they will be fired. We get another awkward commercial awkward. cut here. <laughs> uh, now, Anna, I don't know if like maybe the commercial, I assume the commercials go on at the same time and all that stuff. I know that depending on region, you may have a little bit of overlap or whatever, but we see <laughs> Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon killing time mm-hmm. as this goes off. Yeah, that was very apparent. <laughs> Unfortunate. Um, I just it got to the point where I was just like, I want Stone Cold to come back out and stun that guy and this end this. Jeff, why does this keep happening? I was looking for the segment producer. <laughs> stretch, stretch <laughs> for time. We're not off the air yet. Um, it keeps happening because. <laughs> Because unlike live sports where they can just call it on the fly, they're looking at their time cues and they, they realize, oh, we're five to ten seconds ahead and we need to, we need to waste that time for we can fade out. That's a ridiculous thing to me. Well, Kevin Owens is beaten very quickly. Calf crusher, tap, and well, okay. He holds on to it for a while and then Sami Zayn attacks AJ Styles before the bell. I would have assumed that Maybe it made a little more sense to, for Owens to do some damage in the match to really get him in the underdog mood, but he wasn't in an underdog mood because he would attack Kevin Owens multiple times. Like, and I saw a lot of people saying like, that's not a baby face thing to do, and I don't think that they really gave a shit about that anyway. WWE being they, but it was almost to the point it was comedic <laughs> how often he would go over there and attack Kevin Owens. Sammy gets some good offense. I love AJ Styles' strike comeback where he ends with the big clothesline that guys always bump off of. It looks really good. A 210-pound guy should not have a more convincing guy, more convincing clothesline than Roman Reigns, a former NFL player, but he does. Looks a lot better. Also, nobody has ever hit a flying forearm quite like AJ Styles. Uh, this is just really great work. There's a super Hurricane Rana, a nice Pele. AJ slides out of a superplex and uh, drops Zane across the top rope. Styles attacks Owens again. And when he comes back in, Zane hits the uh, Haluva kick. And then a goddamn blue thunder bomb to win. <laughs> I thought Christmas was last month. He used the blue thunder bomb to win. Anna, what did I do to deserve this? You are a very, very patient WWE fan. <laughs> ah, it doesn't That's always what. pay off. No, it doesn't. <laughs> that was fantastic. But there is so much about this match, these two matches. <sighs> like it would have it would have been possible if they didn't keep cutting back to Daniel Bryan and Shane watching the screen. Aside from the fact that they were watching, they weren't reacting, they were just watching it and literally nothing was going on. They kept cutting back during moments where, as GM and commissioner, they should be irate. Sammy comes out and beats down their champion. The bell hasn't even rung yet. And aside from the fact, okay, 
AJ refusing to let go of Kevin's calf and deliberately injuring his opponent, there's going to be a fine or something coming to him, right? Or at least that's, you know, that is him turning heel slightly, especially if he's going to keep coming out and then trying to further injure the guy in the middle of his own match, which, by the way, shouldn't the ref have also called the bell at that point? The first time he jumped out of the ring and instead of going back to resume play, he went out to beat up Kevin Owens. Like, that's got to be a DQ, right? No, it's not a DQ on on him. It's a DQ if somebody attacks him. But it's still, like, it's still out of play. I mean, it's not, that doesn't, that doesn't it's just mandate. Questionable. Like, okay, maybe this, all this stuff that I'm bringing up is fine. It's within the rules. But the way that they told this story, because everything accumulating together, it just goes, okay, well, at least Daniel Bryan should have at least been pissed off enough to come out. Or Shane, when Sammy started beating him down, should have been annoyed enough, at least reacted to what they were seeing on the screen for this to all be happening. It was just, I don't understand what, what they're coming, like where they're coming from with this. AJ is, he's a heel now, right? But he's not because they believe that, I don't know, Kevin deserved it or I don't know. I don't know. We got a blue Thunderbomb for the win. So that's what I'm going to go with. Jeff. I loved the, these two matches for, for different reasons. I I love the quick KO tap out and then AJ just going into full kind of Dusty Rhodes finally has one of the horsemen in the ring, so he's going to hurt him mode. I, I really, I bought that. I, I had a bit of an argument on Twitter about, well, why do you do that? It's not a baby face to do. Oh, yes, it is. When someone says you're going to hurt you and you're being outnumbered that is a total baby face thing to do to try and take one of the guys out i thought so it worked for me on many many different levels especially just continue to come over and kick a man while he's down and i loved sammy's reaction to this because sammy's this is this is the other part that really got me on sammy's side this week going in full-on caring about his friend showing that there's honor <laughs> among thieves and just punching aj no wrestling, no trying to do some fancy little move off the ropes or anything. He's just going in there to beat up AJ and to hurt him because he hurt his friend. I thought that part was absolutely fantastic. The viciousness, everything, just giving that edge to the kind of goofy, lackey type of character. It really kind of made Sammy a little bit more well-rounded in my eyes. I had absolutely no problem with this. I loved the match. Um, I admittedly was not paying as much attention to the camera breaks uh, as, as Anna was. So I could see how that would be annoying, but I loved everything about this segment. Uh, AJ Styles is still winning the match though. Mm. Just to clarify, like it's, it is because the main focus of this show has been Shane and Daniel Bryan for the Mm -hmm. last, at least a month, maybe two months. So that's why like standalone, everything that happened, was great and the fire between AJ and Sammy was awesome. Mm-hmm. But the fact is they cut three times back to those two watching the screen. Therefore, the overall importance is still on that storyline. It's still on them. It's still on them controlling the action that's happening. Mm-hmm. And everything all together just makes me go, this this doesn't make sense. The storytelling of this is so off or it's so like I just – their perspective of it is so skewed. Yeah, I think there is a fear that this is going to be a bit of an overbooked mess between Sam, between uh, Shane and Daniel, and then it turns out, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if they move the belt onto Owens and Zayn. I would not be shocked just to see, because they have enough time to move it back before WrestleMania if they don't want to do it that way. But um, no, your your concerns are well-founded. That'd be so good if they got the belt. I think AJ's going to retain. I think AJ's going to retain. I love the Sami Zayn match. I thought it was great. I thought it was an outstanding uh, SmackDown match. Especially, it would have been an outstanding match on pay-per-view, honestly. They they gave it all. And, you know, I am a big fan of the Blue Thunderbomb winning matches because it looks a lot more vicious than a Haluva kick does. And I've not seen... I mean, if he's doing it to... 
Kevin Owens, and why the hell isn't it his finisher? There aren't a whole lot of people he can't use it on. I don't think Sami Zayn's going to feud with Baron Corbin anytime soon. So there you go. SmackDown Live. Well, we do have a couple other Royal Rumble matches to uh, cover. Although uh, it seems like a third of the card has been pulled since last week with the Cruiserweight match-off and the United States title match-off. Also, we have the WWE Universal Championship match. Brock Lesnar, Braun Strowman, Kane. Does the big red machine get it done, Jeff? No, but I still hold it out as a possibility. Um, I don't think he does. I think I think they go kind of straight ahead, and then they stick Kane and Braun and Roman and a few other guys in the elimination chamber to fight it out to see who gets the right to fight Brock. Yikes! I think Brock's gonna win. Anna, your pick. Yeah. Brock's gonna win. <laughs> Kane's gonna be the reason Braun doesn't. Seth Rollins and Jason Jordan against the bar for the Raw Tag Team Championship. I am very much looking forward to hopefully a Seth Rollins versus Jason Jordan singles match at WrestleMania. I am all about Jason Jordan and this whatever this has turned into because it's really good and he has embraced it. And in the ring, my God, the guy gets it done. And I don't know if there's a better dance partner for him than, than Seth Rollins. Anna, your pick for this match. I think the bar just because of Jordan's injury and it will allow them to continue on with, well, maybe it's too soon for them to start the feud between Jordan and Rollins. I agree though. They've, it's a situation of the audience have reacted in a certain way. And I think it started with Jordan embracing that more so than behind the scenes. And then it was just, this is one of the natural progression things that has worked out so beautifully. Jeff, your prediction for that match? I think Jordan and and Rollins uh, retain uh, with some miscommunication and possibly accidentally winning somehow because I don't. Th- I think it's also too soon. They they take the belts off in February or in early March and then they start the uh, they start the build for for the match between the two. I think the turning point was once Jason Jordan really started amping up the earnestness of of the character, which nobody buys at all. I think that really solidify because i couldn't believe how over this thing was on monday night drew gulak has given a pre-recorded mini speech announcing his candidacy for 205 live general manager yes it's fantastic i support so now, that so now the question uh possible surprises at the royal rumble there's gonna be surprises like last year we got ty dillinger and that's it the year before aj styles that's it they haven't had this happen a lot. So a couple of questions. We're going to go through a few. First off, what surprises do you see, Anna, whether it's the men or the women's uh, Royal Rebel? I'll tell, you, I'll tell you personally before we get into it, kind of hoping Caitlin's won since we had a big feature on her Monday. And I was like, hey, uh, maybe get that feature out before Royal Rumble. But uh, there were several women that were kept off of the Raw 25 show. Beth Phoenix, Lita. Uh, you know, just a lot of names that you would think that they would bring back. Who do you think could appear, whether it be NXT or Legends? I think they're bringing back a lot of the women, especially the ones who at their time were probably more progressive in a lot of ways that would fit in with the scene at the moment. Um, Lita, for sure. She, someone sent her a tweet of because um, she was on the chair for, for yesterday and she's like, oh, that's weird. I made the chair, but no one invited me to the show. So you hope this is why because otherwise that's a very strange oversight. Um, I think we get a couple of iconic duos in there. Um, pardon me, I don't know if this is too soon, but in in lieu of Ronda Rousey, maybe possibly Shayna Baszler. I don't know why I think that, but. It's going to be a lot of fun, that one. I'm very, mm. very excited. On the men's side, Jeff, any thoughts of possible surprises we could see? Uh, I know that you know it seems like forever that they've, they've been – it seems like the authors of Pain have been needing a call-up for a while. I don't know if they'd be in the Royal Rumble, but perhaps a call-up soon because I can't imagine a situation where 
Sanity, War Machine, Heavy Machinery, and the Authors of Pain are all in NXT at the same time, but maybe that's down the line. For the men, I think the Authors of Pain need to be in this match. I I do. Um, I was possibly pondering War Machine, but I don't think... I think they're going to be NXT for for a while. Um, I don't think Ricochet gets put here, but I could see a, a impromptu 205 live match with him and like Cedric for the title, um, which would be insane um, live. Uh, so other surprises. I think one of the TNA releases shows up. What's TNA? Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Global Force, whatever they're calling it now. Impact. Um, impact sure okay um, yeah I, no but I, I, but I think it's but i don't think it's going to be the ec3 i think i think chris masters may show up as, or, I, I was thinking I, there wasn't any interest in him but maybe they were kayfabing me but well there might not be but just for the rumble appearance and then oh. you know just as a, i mean because i think bobby lashley would be the way to go there's going to be one old ecw guy because it's philly and that's what they like to do and i think it'll probably so bobby be bobby lashley <laughs> former ECW champion. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be Tommy Dreamer for a quick toss out, and then. Um, Do you really think it'd be him? He's booked to wrestle. Now I get it; they don't care, but he is booked for Impact's pay per view in April. Oh, okay. Well, then maybe Bubba Ray. Yeah, because I don't think no well. if Devon wants to take a bump, and they're making and it's a makeup because they call them fat. Um, and I think James Ellsworth shows up in this. I hope. I hope. Uh, now, a question. Who is, uh, you know, I'm not even going to guess the Iron Man. Who is the Iron Woman of the first ever Women's Royal Rumble? Who's the one that lasts like the 45, 50, 55 minutes, Anna? Uh, Jeff Kinnett's the first. Jeff? Oscar. Oscar. Oscar? Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, now here's an interesting one. If John Cena doesn't win... Who eliminates him? Because the last person to eliminate him from a Royal Rumble was The Miz in 2011, and that worked out pretty well for The Miz, if I remember correctly. So, you know, that can be a career launcher. You can build something off of that, and that's the way that I like Royal Rumble eliminations is that you start programs off of it. Shawn Michaels and Kurt Angle and stuff like that. Like, I I love that. Anna, who do you think would eliminate John Cena? Because last year... They had a really hot Braun Strowman all of a sudden who got eliminated by Baron Corbin. Please, God, it's Elias. That's all I ask for. (laughs) Jeff? Samoa Joe is unavailable. So if John Cena is not winning and he's coming back for Mania, The Undertaker. Interesting. Now we'll quickly make some NXT TakeOver Philadelphia picks. Andrade Cien Almas against Johnny Gargano, NXT Championship. Come on, guys. It's that time. (laughs) A certain guy's knee is feeling healthier these days. Mm -hmm. Does that play a role, Jeff? Uh, Yes. Because I think I I don't think they built Gargano. I think that would be a great great moment, and people want that moment. But I think Johnny Gargano is a chaser. I think I think the money's in the chase for him, not as the champ. And I think uh, and I think it leads directly to the Mania main event, which is Gargano versus Ciampa. I I, I totally see that happening. Well, that's what I was I was going to ask. Do you think it's Gargano that goes into that Mania thing with with the title, or is it Ciampa somehow? I don't think that they need the title. I, I mean, I could see them belting Gargano they if they're if they're going to bring up Almas, which is a possibility because that acts hot, and they like uh, they like their their diversity and and touting it on the on the main roster. Um, so it, it doesn't need the belt. It could have it, and it'll still be compelling. But I don't think it needs it. I think Gargano Champa main events uh, Mania weekend NXT. Yeah, I'm going with Almas as well, Anna. Yeah, it is time. To have our hearts broken once again. Alistair Black versus Adam Cole, Extreme Rules match. I feel like Adam Cole's been beaten quite a bit early on in his his NXT career, and I think they probably want to get some heat on him. I see him going over. Uh, Anna? Yeah, Cole, but only because of his lackeys. Yep. 
Well, or will they even be out there? Because they may. This may be before or after. That will that will come out at some point. Something I just don't see them beating Alistair Black clean. Oh, I don't see that either. But I mean, if this happens right after Authors of Pain versus Undisputed Era, I don't, I get the feeling Undisputed Era is not going to be like in condition to help out Adam Cole. That might be the story. They can even. drag themselves out and just hold their arm back together or something, or throw the arm <laughs> into the ring. Jeff, your I, picks. I think the match happens before the tag team title match, so there's the interference. Then Teddy Lang- Long comes out and makes it a tag team match. This isn't SmackDown. If it were, we would get six and eight man tags every week for three months. Speaking of Undisputed Era, Authors of Pain, I am very excited for this match. When Authors of Pain just have, you know, one of those ring general teams to work with. Oh my God, is it good? And I expect this to be very good. Uh, Jeff, I am going with Undisputed Era by hook or crook. Uh, No, no, no. I think Authors of Pain have not had a lot to do on this NXT roster for too long. I think this is their swan song. I think Undisputed Era beats them by crook. And then we say goodbye to the Authors of Pain. How about you, Anna? Fair. Ember Moon, Shayna Baszler, they are immediately thrusting Shayna Baszler into a big spot here. But however, I think that once you have Ember Moon win that championship after she couldn't beat Asuka, and Asuka is in the ring like, here you go, you finally won it now that I'm gone. I think that maybe beating a Shayna Baszler is the way to solidify her. Or maybe they could go like, a different route and be like, man, she won it. And now she immediately lost it. She's got to chase again. Jeff, what do you think? You know, all your criticisms of, of Ember moon have been very, very fair, but she has shown something during this program. And I think she's been very, very good during it. The problem is they really like Shayna because She's the conduit to Ronda. So I think it all depends on what they want to do with that whole crew. And I think the Kyrie Sane program lingers. So I think I think they belt Shayna here. How about you, Anna? You know what you just can't beat? Hot. And the moon's gonna win it. I'll take that. It's too oh. soon for Shayna, I think. Have they announced Roderick Strong and Velveteen Dream or anything like that yet is I thought it was Roddy versus uh um no the, the giant guy that they have. Lars. Uh, Lars, Lars Sullivan. Sullivan. Mm-hmm. Well they got they got uh Velveteen Dream all over the, the takeover Philly ad on Raw. Mm. I think it's gonna be something where they do the under they're gonna have him on the undercard and they're gonna have the street profits on the undercard. You mean the the NXT tapings, the TV tapings? Well, yeah, they they always tape the undercard for the next week's television. Sure. So, th- yeah. Sure. We have a live post-show Saturday night. Join us. Of course, we have one Sunday night as well. You all can subscribe to us, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, Player FM, Spotify. We are all over the place. Anna, what do you have going on? Tell us a little bit about EPW. EPW, uh, at EPW Perth on all the social medias. We have our first show of the year in mm, 10 days on February 3rd. It's Hot Summer's Night. Um, It was actually just announced as well that our boys, the Mighty Don't Kneel, are going to be up against the Bullet Club at New Japan in Australia. It's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to be there at Perth, right? Yes, I will. I think I am anyway. And well, uh, you need to get a hold of George, then by golly, Kenny Omega has also been announced for that show. That's nice, Jeff. What's up? Well, after I hang up with you, I'm going to be making probably different predictions with Rob for Shake Them Ropes. We're going to go over <laughs> our Philly trip. Uh, don't be shy if you're in Philly and going to NXT or, or Royal Rumble. You know, I'll say hi to you. I'm not shy about that. Rob doesn't like people, but I do. Um, <laughs> You can follow his show at Shake Them, or my show at Shake Them Rubs. You can follow me at Crap Game 13 for general banality. Uh, I'm pondering going to the, this House of Hardcore show on Friday night as well. Who's booked for it? Uh, Joey Mercury, which is a plus for me. Um, yeah, 
I like Mercury. You know, I think uh, I think Morrison is on there. Um, a couple other guys. I think Ooh, I think it's M&M like, versus the Spirit Squad. I, I think I think all this is on the card as well. Don't 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 oh, quote wow. me on that. I mean, it's it's not a bad card overall. And I think there's also like a old school thing on Saturday afternoon that who knows? I may go down there because of the new Alhambra. I think the Horsemen are in town. So. Well, I hope you guys join us at Fightful.com this weekend. Live coverage and discussion. Like I said, drop in. Give your predictions. We're going to run some contests probably. But make sure you all tune in to The List and your boy tomorrow afternoon, Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern. I will open up. I'll answer whatever questions Jimmy Van might have about this Enzo Amore situation. Very much ongoing. But, guys, until next time, follow us on Twitter, at Fightful Online, Instagram, Facebook as well. We are out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.